Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode number 44 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a black perspective. We are very glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Good to be here again. Okay. I, this, well, the topic for the, actually topics for this week's episode, as America moves closer to authoritarianism, fascism, and anti-democratic policies. This was a very, very busy week this week, and I could set up the theme with uh, the uh, phrase from, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Who, who wrote that? I can't remember. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> we should know that. We're yeah. English majors. We should know that. But it was the best of times and the worst of times. I need another cup of coffee. But anyway, so starting on Monday, Keith, start about what, what happened on, on Monday. Well, on Monday's when they passed the Ohio passed a really restrictive voter suppression law requiring people to use only state-issued photo ID. Used to be able to use utility bills, other forms of identification, and that's part of something that um, the right-wing Republicans have been doing, are pushing for nationwide for a long time. Their hope, their entire push, is to try and uh, is to purge their voter rolls as much as they can and mm-hmm. to so whatever they can the the population that they know is least likely to vote for them they target what forms of id they use where they live who are they etc that's a whole other discussion but that's a part of their strategy to basically pare the voting rolls mm-hmm. down as far as they can and keep people from voting now this this was passed on april 3rd monday early voting started in ohio the very next day april 4th because for, there's an upcoming election in a, in a month right. and so if how are people supposed who don't ordinarily have photo state issued photo id supposed to get that id and in within the next couple of weeks, that's their whole point. And I did not look up and see what the election in Ohio is for, but as we know, Ohio is turning redder and redder and redder. And they make up this these false and fake election integrity themes, which which doesn't exist. And so that that and that was just Monday. <laughs> right. And that and that also falsely categorizes certain groups of people because right. there are a lot of people who don't have cars. Say, I mean, it's other forms of state ID, but a lot of times people who don't have cars don't have state ID. Right. And it unfairly characterizes them as somehow irresponsible or not part of the the main everybody else. You know, right. You're supposed to have this, and that's not correct. Exactly. Exactly. So that's just part of the voter suppression 
efforts that are going on around the country, especially in red or purple states, because they 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 go by the the uh, philosophy that the philosophy is supposed to be that the voters choose their representatives. In this case, what they are trying to do is the re- representatives choose their voters exactly. and only the voters that they approve of. So that was only Monday. <laughs> then on Tuesday. April 4th, which was, of course, the 55th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., there was a big thing that happened on Tuesday, April 4th. And there's so much irony to this, but the very first president ever, a former president ever, to be arrested, arraigned. Well, first he was indicted. He was indicted the week before on March 30th, and then he had to appear in court on Tuesday, April 4th. Talk about that a little bit, Keith. Well, to, that was some may call it a day of celebration, but it's it's basically on Tuesday, uh, as Pam said, he was actually indicted last week. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of I wouldn't say there was concern. I think they may have blown that up a little bit more, but there was some concern expressed of if he did not appear, if he right. chose not to appear, because he was of course not in he he was indicted in New York. Of course, he lives now in in Florida in Mar-a-Lago, and and Governor DeSantis made a point of saying that he would not assist the extradition. Which was unconstitutional. Right, he can't even do that. They all talk about the Constitution, but the Constitution says he has to do that. Right. But there was a concern of what what state of disarray would that throw the country into if Trump decided that he just wasn't going to come. Well, that didn't happen, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on that. He did get on his on his on his plane and then they and showed up and then was indi- and and was indicted. We, well, we, no, he was indicted already. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Arraigned. 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 Right. Fingerprinted. Fingerprinted, fingerprinted and arraigned. Uh, didn't get the mugshot. Right. And their argument was basically he, his, his face is known all over the world. So I'm not for giving him any break, but who cares? Because no, that, that's done. But he did, he, but he was, he was fingerprinted mm-hmm. and he was forced to come in. The other part of that is that leading up to that, Trump was making his his typical plea uh, one prefer, as part of fundraising. Right. And, and and I emphasize here, too, that we can't necessarily tra- trust how much they say they're raising. Exactly. They say, they say they're raising all these millions of dollars. Maybe, maybe not. But we put out his plea in terms of give money. But he also put out his plea to his crazy followers to raise more hell. Right. Uh, because he was saying that oh, his whole about this, he's, he's a perfectly innocent person and they're indicting a perfectly innocent guy and this is wrong. So that's the call to arms that that he issued as on January sixth. Well, there were like three. <laughs> so I mean, New York and people will point out that it's true. It's New York. New York cannot stand Trump. So the fact that there weren't tons there, but the but even his loyal lapdog Marjorie Taylor Greene, who did make the trek, but she they basically stormed her out of there. They were brought with blowing whistles. They were blowing whistles. And the whistle, the people, the person that passed out the whistles to the people around where she was going to speak, that was a Trump supporter who who, who passed out the whistles. And so she called it audible or audio audio, harassment harassment and all that. So she she came out of her SUV and was out there for about 15 minutes Got back in her SUV and left. And left. George okay. Santos also showed up. He walked a couple of blocks and, and said, "That's he, hilarious." That's I know. That's hilarious. And, and so he walked a couple of blocks and said he was being harassed, so he was leaving. And of course, there were so few Trump supporters that showed up on Tuesday because they know now 
that what happens if they are arrested? Trump said, oh, I'll take care of it. I'll take, I, you know, I'll pardon you. I'll, I'll, I'll pay your bills and all that. Well, none of that happened. A thousand people are in jail now right. because know, of January 6th. And I always go back to what Proud Boys founder or co-founder on mm-hmm. Ontario said when they asked, was he going to support? And he's, he's, he said, I, he's, I, I'm retired, but I'm praying for, for you. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they, and that, that right there is basically a big middle thing. Right. Because, you know, terrorists don't retire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we have a lot to get through. Right. So let's move on. Right. Several things happened on Tuesday, April 4th. This is one. This, this is a good thing that happened. The liberal candidate for a vacant seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court won by an overwhelming almost 11 percentage points. And it said that because it's a Wisconsin is so, it's so, so you know, half and half, half and half, half, and yeah. half uh, not counting the gerrymandering, that when people win in, in Wisconsin, it's usually by one or two percentage points. So to win by 11 you know, it was like 10.7 or something like that. Yeah. Percentage points is amazing. But then, of course, the Republicans immediately said they're going to try to impeach her. She hasn't even been seated yet. She hasn't made a sim- single single ruling. But they're already saying we're going to impeach her because that 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 she's because her winning on the Supreme Court changes the majority from conservative to liberal. And even though it's technically a nonpartisan. A ballot, but that is so so important because not only are the are they going to rule the Supreme Court in Wisconsin rule on the gerrymandering? Wisconsin is the worst gerrymandered state in the union. They're going to rule on abortion access, and most importantly, they're going to rule if it comes to that on the twenty twenty four election. And and so if someone tries to if 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 Wisconsin goes blue in 2024, and and uh, the Republicans don't like that. They would go to the Supreme Court and have those votes th- thrown out. They can't do that now because now it's a it's a liberal majority. I can't say Democratic majority because technically it's it's nonpartisan. Right. But we know the difference there. And she, like you said, there's a lot of things to talk about, but it's important to point out that she made a cal- determined calculation to say that right. she was on the right side of things. Right, I mean, exactly. That, 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 to say that she would point out how. How rigged the judicial system is. Right. The point that she supported abortion, mm-hmm. abortion rights. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very, very rare among right. judicial candidates. Right. That most of them are encouraged because it is nonpartisan not to bring that up. But right. I think that, she, but she made, I mean, we're learning. I we're, think the Democrats and progressives, you have to fight hard. Right. And if we just, if could they never play by the rules. Right. She didn't break the rules. Make that a point. But just to point out that yes, this is what I'm on for. This is this is, and that's what brought out the young people. Right. Everything else. And right. so, before going further, I just want to ask: Do you, because they're going to try to impeach her, do you know what kind of chance they have? Have you heard? Well, that? well, they say that they 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 say that, but impeachment is 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 more complicated than what people think. First of all, she has to be seated. Then she has to have a ruling. Okay, she hasn't ruled on anything yet. So then 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 we'd have to go to the impeachment process and I don't know if the the process in the state of Wisconsin is similar to the process in the country. It would have to come from the house and then go to the Senate and all of that. So there are a lot of blowing smoke just to get people upset. It's 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 not an easy process. It's not supposed to be. So it was just blowing smoke. But also on April 4th, the uh, progressive Democrats had another win. Talk about that because you lived in Chicago yeah, for a yeah, long I time. Yeah, lived in Chicago for 4 years. Uh, yeah, progressive candidate, and I'm bad on Brandon me. Johnson. Brandon Johnson won, and that was that was that was excellent to see. Because once again, this is somebody who, before the election or early stage of the election, I should say, only had about three percent. Right, he was Although, far behind. Far behind. They didn't know who he was, but he was he was a, a member of the teachers union. Right, and and they threw their support behind him. And this was and this was because uh, we hear a lot of talk about 
the union losing its clout and it's not as strong as it used to be, which is which is true. But the union got this man in. Right. The right. union rallied behind him and they, and because they put out and and his positions, they went door, they did door to door, they mm-hmm. did the whole retail politics. Because his opponent was also a Democrat, right, but, but a much more conservative Democrat oh, who was who was held up by the Chicago Police Department. And, that's, and see, that's what made the difference because he did, he came with the whole tough on crime right. thing, which is another bell whistle, another dog whistle mm-hmm. for certain things. And, and when, also, just like in, in, in like like New Orleans and and other areas, Chicago police are notorious. Right, right, they're notorious. Right, and so and and police unions are <clears throat> all notorious. The New York police union. Mm-hmm. So when so when the union came out and supported him, mm-hmm. that made it very clear right. in terms of who you know who was who was for what and i think that and it was also the, although the the mayor who who lost Lori Lightfoot Lori Lightfoot mm-hmm. who i think had, had good positions i mean i, I you, you could see some indications before that she was having problems mm-hmm. i think that's too bad but i think she was on the right side of most issues i think it was i think obviously i think it was a personality thing more than anything else which right. was bad but but Brandon, the thing that real briefly because yeah, we were in Chicago mm-hmm. for a while. But I was there when Harold Washington was elected, the first right. African American mayor, mm-hmm. and they and they just ripped through him. Right, and I think, right. and I'm so glad to see now, now that now coming back, we mm-hmm. have first had an African American woman, right. and and oftentimes you see when they have a black person, they go straight back to white. But they went right. from one black woman to a black man, and it's and it's so funny because we need, we have a lot we need to move on. But it's so funny that his name is Brandon because yeah, right. the first thing I said was let's go let's Brandon, go Brandon. <laughs> and that's true because that's his real name. Right. So that was that was that was very good on Tuesday. Moving on to Wednesday. No, we still have Tuesday, April of Finland. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Also on April 4th, Finland became an official uh, member of NATO. And this is international. And that is so huge. Finland, uh, ever since, you know, World War II, and during World War II, Finland had to fight off some, some of the uh, Germans and things like that. But they took a non, a non, they, what is it? Neutrality. Neutrality. Yeah, they took on ever since then. And they were very, very big on being neutral. They were not going to be on one side or, or the other. But after uh, Putin invaded Ukraine, that's when Finland and Sweden, 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 Sweden. Yeah, Finland, I, I'm sure it's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, anyway, I, but I, I, I'm sure it's Sweden. No, I think you're right. You're right. Okay, uh, requested to go into NATO, and what Putin was trying to do, and Trump was destroy NATO because of uh, Putin's invasion of uh, Ukraine, and with uh, Joe Biden, it, it just strengthened NATO. And so uh, Finland shares over 800 miles of a common border with Russia. And so the NATO, oh, and Turkey was the one that was hel- hel- holding off from, because Turkey Turkey was the last one finally to approve it. And then they approved it. And so they raised the flag, uh, the NATO flag in Finland, or the Finnish flag at NATO, something like that. But that's a very big slap in the face to Putin. And a very big slap in the face to Trump because they want to destroy NATO. Remember what NATO is, and this is why America is um, working so hard in sending money to Ukraine. They're not sending money to Ukraine as part of America. They're sending money to Ukraine as part of NATO. Right. Uh, so people need to remember that. And while, while we're spending so much, well, we're the biggest country. We have the most money and we can afford to support Ukraine and do things domestically. Exactly. It's, it's not one or the other. Okay, now we move to... Wednesday. But before we move to Wednesday, a note from our sponsor. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 
Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. And we work with independent authors and creative and solo professionals on branding and marketing. We offer online training. We have a six-course bundle for independent authors, a six-course training bundle for creative and solo professionals, and the opportunity to sign up for one-on-one coaching with me. And to find out more information, just go to Team Owens 313GCC.com. Okay, Wednesday, talk about, talk about how this whole brouhaha that has gone on this week started in the Tennessee legislature on Wednesday. It's what started in the Tennessee legislature was when the, the two, well, actually there were three. Three. Because there was, there was Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria uh, Johnson. Gloria Johnson. And uh, Gloria Johnson's reti- I think a retired teacher. And, and Not only a retired teacher, but she also survived a school shooting. That's right. Before that's she right. retired. That's right. You mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and the two Justins, the funny thing now to say no Justin, no peace, mm-hmm. but they're both newly elected. Right. Uh, they, to, just, to, they just they, came they, into they, office on, in January. Right. They just started their term. And they were, they were the, the legislature in Tennessee would not allow them to be heard. They were, because before, well, within weeks before that, there was this, the murder of six it was, children. Right. And, and, their whole, and, and people have to remember, their whole thing is that they are trying to get Tennessee, which has very, very lax uh, gun laws, to strengthen their gun laws. Because uh, to strengthen their gun laws and work for uh, sensible gun safety, and in Nashville was where um, there was a shooting right. just yeah, yeah. A, just before. a week before. Yeah, so that's so that's what they were were bringing attention to. I mean, because they were not the legislature was not allowing them to come to even bring it to the floor, and because, well, once again because the power of of, of the of gun lobby, they came they came with bullhorns. When they came with bullhorns. First of all, the, the shooting was on Monday, which would have been, I think, the 27th of March. And on the next day, Tuesday, that's when students, students right. and other activists, including adults and adults with their younger kids, like six and seven years old, started protesting and walking to There's the 6, state. 6,000 of them. Yeah. yeah, to the state capitol. The state capitol is, is Nashville. The school shooting was in Nashville. Right. And so this was the week of the shooting. And so they were, they were doing a peaceful protest. And that, that is their right to go to the um, Capitol. They were protesting outside. They were protesting inside the, the building. And then some of them, just like every other state legislature, every, even the U.S. Congress, they were in the gallery, which is the, the seating above where the, where, where the legislators sit. And so the gallery was filled with protesters. And it was, it's very important to remember that the Nashville police um, and the state legislature police, whatever they call them, similar to the Capitol police, there was no there was there was uh, no no problems, no arrests, no building damage, none of that that happened on January sixth. But yet the Republicans who have a seventy five to twenty five majority in the House said that it would not allow them to speak. Okay, so it didn't, and, and so this was on Thursday. They were not allowed to speak, and so the those three, Gloria Johnson, Justin Pearson, and Justin Jones, came down to the what they call the well, which is right in front of the podium. And one of them had a megaphone, and they were just trying to get their point across. And so, uh, yeah, and that's where they got, it, and that's what and that, that, that's what got them in trouble because of the because of the decorum. Because they they, they say it's they, decorum. They, they call it, they call it decorum, and, mm-hmm. and so they that and they also all that was just by one vote. Yeah, because Gloria, just the, the two Justins were expelled. Mm-hmm. Gloria, but but when they took the vote, she was able to remain stay on by one vote. Okay, but and even before this, even before that, because this is we're still because we're still on Wednesday. That was when they were notified that there was going to be a vote to expel all three of right. them. And this is very important to remember because Gloria Johnson, she's a sixty year old white woman, a retired teacher. She said that HR 
the Home Human Resources, contacted her on Wednesday. The vote was going to be on Thursday and told her if she resigns, she could keep her health insurance. But if she is expelled, right. she would lose her health insurance. But they only talked to her. To her right. Which it meant... A, which it meant a, that, it's a racial. Right. It was intimidation. First of all, it was either way you cut, cut it, it's intimidation. Right, right. But then, but also, it was to her. But, and also part of the reason why they only talked to her, in addition to the race, it was racial or as part of the racial because she wasn't the one with the bullhorn. Right. Right, you know, that so was their excuse. That was their excuse. So to them, you know, a black man with a bullhorn mm. and being disruptive. Right. Uh, and she said the part where they were actually talking, and they were talking not only to the to the legislators, but they were also talking to the people in the gallery. Right. But she, Gloria Johnson said just this morning, she said that the time that they were talking, the whole time was just fifteen was less than five minutes. Right. But the the speaker hit the gavel and sent them on recess while they were still talking. So they were actually only disrupting interrupted the proceedings for like 15 seconds she said before right. they hit the gap right. okay right. but they're using that as an excuse to uh, uh, ev- eliminate the, the, all three of them because she became very very close she only, she only Gloria Johnson only stayed by one vote mm-hmm. and the person who voted not to expel her the white man that s- said it was because she was quieter and nicer that's, that's, what that's exactly right. what he said right right mm-hmm. right and that's exactly what I was the point mm-hmm. I was making is that and it gets back to the gets back to uh pre-civil rights days and so where Negroes would be seen not heard. Right, right. I mean, right. where you're not supposed to raise your voice, be the humble Negro. Mm-hmm. And this is what Justin Jones said, the world is watching. And what people saw, because it was in real time, those people who are able to view it during the day, but then also view clips, the white men who were so condescending to the black members actually said, you're lucky to be here. Right. You should be thankful. And yeah. how dare you have a temper tantrum? And Justin, <laughs> Justin Pearson, who is the son of a preacher, mm-hmm. you can tell by the way he speaks. And he, he lit into them about, about that temper tantrum because children have temper tantrums. Right. So he was talking to him as if he was a child. And then he said, this is not a temper tantrum. There are people dying out here. Our people are here protesting their First Amendment rights. That is not a temper tantrum. And, I think the, and, and the Republicans, I believe, will, this could really be, and we've said it too often, so you're almost hesitant to say it anymore mm-hmm. about it being a turning point. Right. But I, I, I think this really could be, mm-hmm. uh, because it could be, as they say, the straw that broke the, 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 broke the camel's back. Because for them, if it's bad enough that they were there first. They were within their mm-hmm. rights to mm-hmm. protest and say we're not we're not being heard. But when you're talking about the reason they were trying to be heard was because children were killed. Right, right. And you're saying it's more important for you to be quiet, right, than for us to address the fact that children are being killed, right. They they have put themselves in a position now that and and it just has so happens that those two the two Justins are extremely eloquent right and it, and so I mean so you you have just created two superstars right right and you have just completely screwed up a, a, an issue that is burning up all all across the right. country and 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 so moving on to Thursday when the actual vote was it took a long time because first they they voted on Justin Jones who his part of his uh, constituency is in Nashville. Then they voted, so they voted to expel him. Then they voted on Gloria Johnson, who is from a, a Knoxville or something like that, uh, f- further up in Tennessee, I think. And, and, and like I said, she survived by one vote. And then they voted on Justin Pearson. And of course, they voted to expel him. But what people were saying is that Number one, they were, they, their thing is gun safety and gun violence, number one. Number two, of the three of them, they're called the Tennessee Three now. Their constituencies 
the number of people that they that voted them in together is larger than the number of people that voted in all those Republican lawmakers. They uh, have rural areas. And so the two Justins, their constituents, districts now have no representation. And so you have to remember two things. They were trying to get some sensible gun legislation, and now they have disenfranchised their, their constituents. Okay, And so on Friday... Madam Vice President just got on her plane and came down to to support them, to show that the administration supports them, because it's a free speech thing. And, of course, it's complete overreach. On Wednesday before the vote, not only uh, they, they, uh, all, they their mics were turned off, their key card to get in, that was turned off. And they were not even allowed to get into the parking lot for legislatures. Okay, so it, it's been intimidation all the way through. But meanwhile, most of the country is seeing exactly what is happening and, and reminding people that the KKK started in, in, in Tennessee. And so it's going, and, and like I said, on Friday, Madam Vice President came down and she spoke not only in support of the Tennessee Three, because we have to remember that even though it was so obvious that they expelled the two black people and not the white woman, the white woman only survived by one vote and she is sticking with the other two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we always want to remember that, although it's so obvious that they expelled the black, the, yeah, the, and they were, the, both of them are only 27 years old. Right. So the, what, they're not only afraid of their blackness, they are afraid of their age because right. they know that the young people, and that's who was there, mm-hmm. they've been there for six days. Right. And they're, so they're coming back on Tuesday to our protest. And these are young people. Some of them are not even old enough to vote. Then adults are bringing their young children. Some of them were there on Thursday from 8 a.m. until like 9 p.m. And so they're not, because they want something done about voting legislation, and they're really mad of the expulsion. Okay, so we're going to go on because we have a couple other things. On Thursday, um, ProPublica, an independent Mm -hmm. newspaper, published a scathing article about how Justice Thomas, for 20 years, Mm -hmm. has been accepting these gifts from this huge Republican donor who, who supports the Federalist Society, promotes a lot of things, and though although he personally has not come before the Supreme Court, his issues, his issues have come before the Supreme Court. And one of the trips that they, they you know they, he took them on their on his private plane, on his private yacht. They went for nine days to Indonesia to go to different islands. That alone would have cost $500,000. Yeah, right. One of those vacations, right, was worth $500,000. Right, right. Just one. Right. And, and in total, right. one of them. Just one. And Supreme Court justices make two fifty a year. Okay, so how are they... Oh, Price at about five. You said it five hundred thousand each. Each, right, right, right each, right, right, each. And so he's been doing this and not reporting it. Right. And according to the few ethics or rules that they have for the Supreme Court, you're supposed to report anything that's over four hundred and fifteen dollars. And wasn't it a point where he, because another reporter brought that attention years ago, right in two thousand four, and that's when he he stopped. He didn't he, stop the vacation, right? He didn't stop he accepting the gift. Stopped giving the gift. He just stopped reporting. Exactly. So he hasn't reported anything since two thousand and four, right. and so. So, so this is a big dust up because he's already controversial. Jenny Thomas's wife is already controversial, and so a lot of this is is, is and coming up. All of them are with issues that come before the court. Before the court, Jenny's involved this whole thing, right? So we can't. But it's like it's really wrong. It's really wrong. And the last thing that happened at seven o'clock last night on a Friday, on Good Friday, was this activist judge in Amarillo, Texas, decided that he, with no medical training, nothing about that he could say that the FDA's approval of metapristone, I can never never pronounce it, it. but anyway, uh, which has been approved by the FDA for 20, since 2020. So it was approved by the FDA 23 years ago. 
No, no, before 2020. You said 2020. That's no, 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 that, no, no. It's It's been around, but it was the final oh, approval yeah, right, right, from exactly. the FDA right, came right, in 2020 right. after months and months of trials and all that, right. and after years that it had been used in other places around the world. This, uh, I can never pronounce the name of it, but this particular pill, uh, it's, it's now used in 53% of, of, uh, of abortions, but it's also used... For other things, number one, for mis- miscarriages. When a woman has a miscarriage, all of that has to come out of her body cleanly or else she's, she's subject to all kinds of infections and septus and all of that. And so this pill helps to clean out her system after a miscarriage. So what they're trying to do is tighten and tighten and tighten the abortion access and reproductive rights, even though with Dobbs last year that was overturned by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said they're going to leave it up to the states. But yet one judge in Texas can decide for the entire country. And as as Madam Vice President said yesterday, uh, and we'll come back to this next week as more things come out. So now somebody can say that they don't want medicines for cancer. They don't want medicines for this. They don't want medicines for that because the FDA has to approve all medicines. And if one one complainant and one judge can say the FDA didn't do this right, it opens up all kinds of things. And that happened seven o'clock at night. Meanwhile, one hour later at eight o'clock Eastern time, judge in Washington state said the exact opposite, that the FDA can, that the the approval by the FDA can stand. So we're going to come back to this next week because it's it's ongoing, but this was a busy, busy, (laughs) busy week. A lot of things are going on and we, and we we all have a lot of stuff to say. So make sure that you are subscribed so you can get articles during the week. And then we will be back next week with the podcast. Yep. See you next week. 